For so many modern driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies and then a successful coaching and online course business. But for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. We're here to share an insider's peek into the strategies and mental resilience it takes to create and run six and seven figure online businesses. As women entrepreneurs, only 2% of us will ever earn a million dollars. We've done it ourselves and we're on a mission to help you reach financial independence by chronicling our journey and sharing our proven playbook. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow a business and build a life that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the new podcasts that drop every single Tuesday. Welcome to the And She Spoke podcast. Hey, Sandy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, other than I could not remember what we were talking about, but otherwise I'm great. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens after you've been podcasting for like seven years. You're just like, all right, let's roll with it. Okay. Well, we are talking about something that I think is a little controversial and a little exciting for us, which is the idea of saying the quiet part out loud. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on this, Sandy? Because this is like revolutionary here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Okay. I think that the saying the quiet part out loud, I think for us, it means that we are tired of playing small. We are tired of hiding. We are tired of just being angry behind the scenes or complaining about things behind the scenes. And we've reached a place in business where we're ready to come forward and talk our truth and share our ideas, come what may. Yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of like a meme or like a hashtag that we've seen around on social. And I think it comes from like a Simpsons episode or something from the early 90s. Like that's not what we're referencing here, if that's what your understanding of that phrase is. But it's really this idea of like, I think for us, there's this famous Camus quote, which is like the risk to remain tight in a bud. There came a time where the risk to remain tight in a bud was greater than the risk it took to blossom. Or maybe that's like someone else. Maybe it's not good. You had me. You sold it to me. <laughs> I sold it to you and then I backtracked. But anyway, there's this quote. I think it's not Camus. And this idea that like we spend all this energy trying to like be proper and be good girls and be like keep the parts of ourselves that are like less perfect and less polished and maybe less controversial or more controversial. We try to keep those parts quiet and to like iron over them. And you and I have like a decade long Slack DM chat where we basically like say all of those things to each other, but we never really say them on the podcast here. We never really say them like anywhere publicly on social media. And I think that we're just exhausted. And I think that our idea with doing this episode is that maybe all of the energy that we're taking, sort of keeping all of these parts of ourselves that are like less beautiful, less like 
expected hidden is like that energy would be better spent just actually saying them out loud and dealing with the impacts and the controversies that result. Later. Yeah. And I think we were talking earlier and I think what has kept us quiet for so long is that we do have each other. And as you referenced our Slack channel, it's all in there, you know, and it's like the most fascinating part about us and our partnership is that Slack channel. And we've often joked about making that public and making a book or like publishing it anonymously, graphic novel novel or whatever. (laughs) But it's like, that's where all the gold is. That's where all the juice is. Those are the ideas and the thoughts and the beliefs and the controversies and the confusion that everyone is curious about. And so I think it's just, yeah, this episode is sort of a public acknowledgement that we're going to go forward. We are going to, you're going to see a little bit of a different side of Jenny and Sandy that might, I don't know, kind of rile some people up, which is exactly why we want to do it. Yeah. So the quote, just to backtrack, oh, you, you just found it. And yes, Neen. So that's where that quote comes from. But yeah, I mean, I think it's like part of my problem with the internet and that I've, that's become like very acute to me in the last six months is that like, it's really easy to bifurcate yourself and be like this version of yourself in this context and that version of yourself in that context. And social media facilitates that. I think entrepreneurship facilitates that. Having a job or a career facilitates that. And like we used to kind of, I imagine before we were born, people lived in community where they had a job and a role and they were also like part of a family. And like they were more of a whole person, like a whole embodied human being. And now we have these like these like very bifurcated versions of ourselves where we show up like I am the climate attorney here and I am like the entrepreneur here and I am, you know, the mom here. And I think that it's really psychologically dangerous to live like that for very long. So that's like my bigger problem with it is just like there's just so much of myself that I have to censor in every single context, not because it's necessarily controversial bad, but it's just like that's not appropriate to have a conversation about X, Y, Z in that context. And it's just just exhausting. Yeah, I agree. And last week we published the episode about we've made the decision as a company to get off Instagram and no longer post there and go to some other social media platforms, namely Twitter and LinkedIn. And I think it's just been like a week. It's been a week. And it's been so interesting how for me personally, that has changed with what you're saying. I also think that I feel much more free to speak. I feel much more open. The topics feel more open. I am more comfortable talking about something that might be controversial or kind of make you go, what? you know, Or maybe even show some anger and some frustration publicly and say, like, this is driving me crazy. And I wouldn't do it over on Instagram. So it feels like a whole new world has just opened up in front of us. And I'm kind of excited about it. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think Instagram is the embodiment of the patriarchy. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be honest, that's like a whole conversation, other conversation about it. But yeah, I mean, I think it's like, it is freeing. And I think that, again, there's something beautiful about just like having the freedom to write a few words versus having to perform and create graphics. And one of the things that we talked about pre and post our last recording of our podcast was like, 
the fact that because of how Instagram came into existence and like what it prioritized, that we have like this whole kind of genre, very successful entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs who are, I think, largely successful because they have a background in design and photography. It's like definitely was a huge asset for those people versus you can think about how like Twitter or LinkedIn doesn't give a shit if you're good at photography, right? It's about like what you have to say or who you know. And I think that that's like important to notice, like what are the advantages and the like special treatment, I guess, that certain people get because of their background, their skills or their connections on various platforms or in various, you know, walks of life. And I think that that's just kind of one of these like unspoken things. So for those of us who don't have professional backgrounds in design, you know, it's quite a lot of work to try to make something look good, especially pre-Canva. Remember those days, Sandy, where it was like so much effort to make something that's like really just ephemeral. Mm -hmm. And you also need a wardrobe in complete neutrals and your house designed in neutrals with maybe some coral pops or some like rust color. Like that to me is like defines the Instagram right now. But I love this ability to sit and think and create. And again, you've been doing this longer than I have. Without this, how am I going to like, is this going to be a film? Is this going to be a story? Is this going to be a reel? Is this going to be a graphical post with text? Like none of that. It's just like, here's the idea. Here's the thought. And the other thing I wanted to mention, you said this to me today, and this may be a little bit off topic, but you said something to me that was the best ideas come out of conversation. The best ideas for like content comes from conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll give total credit to David Perel for that, who is a tremendous thought leader and entrepreneur and writer on the internet. And that's one of kind of his chief tenets is this concept of writing from conversation. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't talked about that before. I'm just, I just assumed we had talked about it, but I think it's so powerful. And he teaches that, like, in this day and age, the idea that, like, to come up with content or to be a creator, you're going to go sit in a room in front of a screen or a piece of paper or a notebook or whatever, and all of a sudden have inspiration strike you. It's such an outdated way to think. And it's probably was never true. <laughs> and really, where, you know, if you feel like you have writer's block, if you're a blogger or, you know, a creator of some kind, like look around, have you been like sitting in your house, you know, staring at a screen for a few days? Like maybe you need to go out and have a cup of coffee with someone, go out to lunch, like go to an event. Like I promise, and he promises, and it's it's true that if you go out and experience the world and talk to people and interact, you're going to have plenty of stuff to make. Yeah. And for our clients who are in the Visible program or who are in the Luminaries program, which Visible is a part of, I think this is such a great concept because for me, every time I go to my networking group, I've got ideas of like things that have irritated me, things that have annoyed me, things that I want to celebrate. Every time we finish a coaching call, I have like 10 more things I want to add or want to say. All of that is like what we should be creating our content and what we should be going out publicly. In the past, I would come and talk to you or slack you and tell you all my angry things. And then we would just go out and just be like, you know, say what we needed to say, look like, look how we needed to look, sort of. And (laughs) I don't know that either of us really worry about that too much. But I just, I love this idea. And you know that I have always struggled with myself as a thought leader, but I can start to see it because I am paying more attention to my thoughts and ideas now that we've had these sort of conversations. And I see that I have something to say. And I just would challenge all the listeners who are more like me than you, 
who are like, I don't know, I don't know. And I think that we all have something to say. And it starts with those conversations. And that's such a great touch point to like, after you go for dinner, lunch, a meeting, whatever, what come out of there? Like, what are you thinking about? Can you work that into your content? Yeah. You know, it's, that's so interesting because we do have very different views. Like I don't have the same. You don't need those conversations. Fear. No, I do. I don't, but I don't have the same. My fears are different than yours. So your fear is, I think has always been, and correct me if I'm wrong, that like, you don't feel like you have something important enough to say, or, you know, that's basically your fear fear or not feeling smart enough. And I don't have those fears for better or worse, (laughs) but I have other fears, which is that like power comes from discretion. And I think that that's partly just how I was socialized early in my career. You know, I was working in politics and discretion and working with celebrities and discretion. Then God forbid I became a lawyer. So discretion was everything. And so your power came from like the secrets you held versus what you said out loud. And I think that was true. And it probably is true in a lot of contexts, but as a creator and as an entrepreneur, it's not really true. And I think that I just, it's like 10 years later and I'm like, oh, the skills that served me so well in my previous life don't actually serve me in this life. And maybe discretion is overrated. Maybe we're in like a post-discretion society at this point. Well, I would say that that's very true. (laughs) I would say that's very true. But it's interesting, like when we put that into the context of business, how do you think that discretion is holding you or us back? Oh, I have so much to say. And I read a lot and I follow a lot of what's going on in entrepreneurship and in the news and in politics. And I have so much to say. And I just, I see other people having conversations and I feel like I can't or shouldn't participate, even though I know that what I have to say is meaningful. And so I think it's like self-gagging is what it, it's like, why? Why? Because I have, upon starting a business, and you and I have talked about this at length, have felt like I don't want to say something that's my personal point of view that is going to somehow negatively impact our software company. And I feel like I have like this motherly instinct to protect it, but it's like so many years now of of thinking that when I actually think you and I decided like together and right or wrong that we're going to like not do that anymore. Yeah. Because what if your voice and your opinions and you being controversial and you saying something shocking or whatever it is actually helps us? Right. I think that's kind of what we, what if it's the opposite is true? It doesn't hurt the company. It probably is true. <laughs> but it's not just like, I just want to say for our listeners, like if personally, and Sandy, speak for yourself, like I don't feel like I'm just like bottled up with controversy. It's not like I'm sitting here on, you know, like, I don't know, state secrets or something. I just, I feel like because we have a big, you know, a relatively large business like anything that I say that's even remotely controversial or like could be possibly conceived as controversial will alienate some customer, prospective customer or some end user or whatever. And I have the sense that like, oh, it is my duty to the corporation that I don't harm anything. But then I think about like all the people on all the boards of big companies who say whatever they want in their lives, you know, and I like, obviously, why am I self-censoring? Why are you self-censoring? What, like, I think it has something to do with like, internalized sexism and like our general fear, I think, of being outsiders and maybe giving us more outsider status than we already have. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like what I'm witnessing is like other software founders, co-founders who are just like 
saying stuff on Twitter and we're just like hiding in the corner and it's really hard to watch. It's also, it's not even just tech co-founders or founders. It's like guys writing code to create software companies because they want to create a SaaS. And I just want to say, you have no effing idea what you're doing. I want to say that. You have no idea. You have no idea what you're getting into. And they're just so focused on this language or that language or like code or no code. Like, do I use AR or do not? Like, oh my God, that is like one drop in the bucket of what it takes to run a software company. And you guys aren't even asking the right questions. And it drives, and so that I would just be like angry (laughs) and say, not say anything. Jenny, did you? And not say anything. And it's like, how interesting, like if I just like started to challenge and had those, some of those conversations on Twitter with those, with those, like they're guys, they're all guys, literally they are all men that are saying this. There's no women going, I want to build a software company. It's like those things. And that's like, I do feel like I literally hiding in the corner, being angry about what I'm seeing people say and how I think they've got it wrong and how I think they're maybe missing the point. And I could be wrong, but it's like, that's the opening. That's the blossoming of the bud is to recognize like, I'm going to step into this arena and start to say things and converse with people and be okay with the outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how I feel too. I mean, until something really bad happens. (laughs) Here's the thing. It's like, I've spent many months processing this idea of starting to have more of a public personal persona, like being able to just say and speak things because mostly out of like self-preservation because I don't know that I can exist any longer while I'm muzzling myself. I think that that's more of it. And, you know, I mean, I've been saying this for many months and then you and I both listened to The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, which I know is a very controversial (laughs) podcast. And I also just, I mean, this is a totally different issue, but in that podcast series, J.K. Rowling is interviewed and talked about like why she started speaking out around gender issues in a very controversial way. And she said something to that effect, right? Which is this, like, I couldn't live with myself if I didn't. And I think that's kind of where I'm at. It just in general, with like everything, I feel like, why am I hiding? And you know what? Here's another thing that I'm just going to say. Like, this is, again, saying the quiet part out loud. I feel when I was younger, I had nothing to lose. Like I was basically a high school dropout. Like I, (laughs) I turned that into an Ivy League education. I turned that into a full scholarship to law school. I turned that into working for the vice president of the United States and members of Congress and like multiple presidential campaigns. And I turned that into a career that was like someone like me shouldn't have had. And I worked at a major university. Like I was like raising a lot of money for a new field of of legal work. And what happened to me was all of a sudden I had something to lose. And I think that there was this sense of, I don't ever want to go back to like rock bottom. I don't want to like lose whatever status, power, access that I've had miraculously. And like there was just a tremendous amount of fear that like all of the sudden everything that I said like could get me canceled, could get me discredited. And it's true. I mean, it's not made up. (laughs) That's the actual world that we all live in. And But at some point, like I've seen so many people in the last few years get quote unquote canceled, even like last five years. They like sort of pick up the pieces and just keep going and do something else and maybe something more amazing than what they were doing like within the system. So that also gives me some, I don't know, courage is the right word. Yeah. I read somewhere, I don't know, maybe you even gave it to me. I don't know. But like if you want to experience true freedom, get canceled. 
Yeah. Yeah, I something to that, that effect. Yeah. Did you said that? Okay, sorry. It's all just a mess in my I brain. Totally <laughs> like, yeah. like that is an interesting thing, right? To think about, right? And I think it's true. <laughs> like, I think the, it's the, the most liberating thing because you're happened. otherwise you're just canceling yourself, which is what we have been doing. You're just sitting there, like I shouldn't say that. I got to be the good girl. I got to like please everyone. I got don't want to piss off our clients. I don't want to piss off the potential investors, acquirers, whatever. You know, the judgment from out there other software owners. I don't want to, so we just cancel ourselves. And I just like, I think, God, some of the frustration that you and I have experienced over all these years is that there's no one like us doing these things, right? Or maybe they're just being quiet too. And these conversations count and they matter. And I think I feel now like a duty and a responsibility to speak our mind and speak our experiences so that others can learn from it or join the conversation or whatever it may be. So I think I'm just thinking bigger than us and not so focused on us, but like maybe someone really wants to hear this. Maybe someone would be helped by us being, you know, ranting about X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so many times, like I think in building our company where we had experiences that like you and I have shared with people a lot in private where people like their jaws drop open you know, and they're like, tell me more. And like, that's sort of a constant theme, I think for many years for both of us, like we have so much going on and then like, but just publicly we don't say it. And then I, you know, I see again, like just going back to Twitter, I see people, (laughs) other people saying stuff and I'm like, huh, that's so interesting. Like, why do they have the courage to say that? Like, what about them makes them feel like that's appropriate. But every time I read something like that, I'm so grateful that they wrote it. And, you know, like, or people writing op-eds or blogs or whatever, uh, telling their stories. And I think I just, I don't want to trade in these, like, you know, hushed cocktail party conversations anymore. I just, I want to be like as fully embodied as possible. And I want us, you and I to sort of be an example of that online, because like, I know, you know, we have created platform and a coaching program and a company and a podcast around supporting other people, particularly women, to be able to be entrepreneurs and to be able to make a living as creators. And if we are not living that ourselves, like living that value, like what are we actually teaching? You're all fired up about your business until you have to go and market it, talk about it, promote it. All of that feels so heavy, hard, and overwhelming. We know that your business will flourish when you become comfortable promoting your work. And for that reason, we created Visible, a program that helps women amplify their voice in a world that tries to keep them quiet. Build an audience around your body of work and not just your body. So forget everything you've been taught about marketing. Visible is your fastest route to building an audience of raving fans that can turn into paying clients. And side bonus, you can ignore trend alerts on Instagram. Join Visible today at joinvisible.co. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. And that feels really good to me and that feels very exciting to me. I'm wondering, Jenny, if you would share more about how you plan or even starting to think about showing up as a full person online as an, because you've obviously you've got political background and political views and an activist and entrepreneur and all the things. How are you going to piece all those areas together in this new vocal Jenny? Well, yeah, it's brand new right now. And I don't know the total answer to that. But I mean, so I started writing a couple months ago. 
and like blogging for the first time. And I was like an early blogger, right? Like I was like a very committed wellness blogger for everyone who doesn't know that early on, like not like giantly successful or anything, but I was like a very consistent sort of early blogger in the wellness world. And then I kind of pivoted my blog a little bit and then eventually let it (laughs) just kind of go. And I loved it. It was like such a place for me to self-express and my gift to myself when my mom died of cancer when I was in law school was to start blogging. Like that was the gift is I took $500 and I paid a web designer to like build a custom site for me on Squarespace. Like a million years ago when Squarespace was really brand new. So just like to give everyone that background. And, and I had started, I think, on like Blogger or something before that, Blogspot, I don't even remember, like one of those like free early things. And then I paid somebody to create a Squarespace site for me. And I started blogging and it was, I met so many people, like amazing people, like online. It was really the heyday of blogging, kind of pre being on Instagram. I started Instagram at some point during my blogging life. And then I stopped. Like life happened. I had a child. Like I got busy. I started our company. You know, we got busy. And then I learned, and I just, I think this story is important to say because this is what we teach our clients. As a company, I learned the importance of like niching down and like messaging. And I started blogging for our software company. So I like repurposed all that energy I had put into personal blogging into like with my limited time with a baby blogging more strategically for a business, like, but not for myself. It wasn't me. It was like the five video cameras you should consider buying if you want to teach yoga on the internet. I mean, it was like, I turned to that and it became transactional and it became just like part of a job. And I lost something by doing that. And it's taken me basically 10 years because I started doing that in 2014. So nine years, it's taken me nine years to kind of like come home and to realize like, I can't stand the fact that I'm different people in different contexts and that I have to sort of like be like, who am I talking to? What part of myself am I allowed to reveal in this moment? Like, it's just very unnatural. And I don't know how many other people have this, but I think it's like part of being a person on the internet is like, if you're not actively trying to do this, and I don't think this is what everyone needs to do, but anyway, so my path to answer your question is writing. And I love the freedom of not having to be strategic, of not having to focus on like, this is my audience and this is my message. And I want them to buy something in three months from me. So I'm going to like lead them down this customer journey and nurture them in this way. Like this for me is more like, yeah, I have a lot to say about a lot of things that are going on in the world. And I have some expertise in some things that are happening. And whether that's around like environmental issues, whether that's around politics, whether that's around entrepreneurship, or whether that's around like dealing with a chronic illness with, you know, the last few years of dealing with long, like I have stuff to say and I'm just, I can't hold it back anymore. So for me, it's just like, I'm giving myself the gift of time to invest in writing again. And like, that's the only thing I'm really committing to doing. Mm -hmm. As far as like publicly on like Twitter, the plan is you will sort of cover different topics. I know that it's not all sorted, but it's not going to be all like business or all politics or all. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know about like going on Twitter as myself, which I haven't done in like many, many years. Right. So I'm sorting that out. But yeah, I just, I want to be able to like explore my ideas in writing. So that's another thing that David Prell, because we talked about him earlier. That's another thing that David Prell talks a lot about is like, he has a more eloquent way of saying this, but sort of figuring out what you believe 
by writing. And I agree with that. Like, I think it's a first for a lot of us, like either you and I do this, I think a lot by talking together, that's certainly on the podcast together. But I also think there's a lot of great, like figuring out what you think about something by like taking the time to write about it, write a blog post, write an essay, you know, write something. And so for me, it's like sorting out areas where I don't feel certain about something, like working through my thoughts. But it's also like sharing the expertise that I do have in certain areas and the opinions that I have on certain topics where, and I'll just say this, Sandy, because it probably sounds a little confusing, like without actually coming out and saying it. And again, this is a podcast and a time of saying the quiet part out loud, but I'm deeply troubled by the amount of censorship that's happened in my country, in the United States, and really probably all over the world in the last few years, kind of like in the kind of post-COVID world and and during COVID and including self-censorship, but also like external censorship. And so I think like that's part of why I want to do this is because I was kind of okay being quiet when it was my choice. And like now that it kind of doesn't feel like my choice, I'm not okay with like, how dare, like, go ahead and try to keep me quiet. It's kind of, that's my MO. So I have a lot to say about that. You know, like I'm a lawyer, like my constitution matters a lot to me and in my country. And I have a lot to say about certain rights and freedoms that have essentially been squashed by many of our social media platforms and by Google, just to say that out loud. And I have a problem with it and I want to be able to talk about it. So like, that's an example of why I feel so compelled to start writing Mm -hmm. and sharing. Yeah, that's great. No, I think a lot of people who we've met, our clients are super interested. You have had such a very an interesting background, a unique background. And I think people are super interested in what you have to say. And I know that when all these pieces come out and you sort of start figuring this out publicly, I think it will mostly well received. I'm sure there's some people who are going to be whatever as there usually is, right? Angry or questioning, oh, yeah. but yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As more is revealed, it will become more obvious why people are upset. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I like sort of like floated some things to some close friends in the last week or two, and I got kind of a lot of pushback. So I know it's going to not all be very well received. And it's okay. Like, I'm happy to disagree with people. That's the kind of the point of having agency in your life and (laughs) having your own opinions. Like, it's not always about convincing other people. Yeah. What about you, Sandy? Like, what are you thinking about in terms of like this, you know, these decisions we talk through a lot together and I think we're both kind of arriving here. So like, where are you seeing your voice and your work headed? Yeah. Even those, those that concept of your work is like, ah. I think it's definitely business. It's not politics. It's not my arena at all. And I think it's business and I think it's women. And I think there's some overlap with technology there. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think as I've been writing a little bit on LinkedIn, and that's very, very easy. Like I have a lot of things to say, and that feels like a very comfortable playground to kind of play around with articles and and so on. But what's new is like things that I don't like and I, I am angered by or frustrated by. That is new. And I'm writing an article right now about that for in LinkedIn. And that feels, it doesn't feel unsafe at all to write that because I know that I'm right. I just so strongly believe that I'm right and that's fine. So I think though I wouldn't have thought of that as to put that out publicly. It'd only be like happy, cheerful, 
you know, positive three steps to do whatever. And so I'm challenging myself with your help in that area. So I'm not so sure about topics. I don't have quite as varied, which is fine, but I think it's a really personal learning process to see where you can speak up. And it's like so infuriating when you see people who have like one year experience talk about something that we have 10 years and we don't say anything and they're like out there spouting. It's like, what? Like that. Like, oh, no, no, no. I actually know better than you. You know, I, yeah. I, let me just I chime in here. That's a lot. Yeah. I think that that's also, I mean, that's become much more prevalent, right? Because as we've grown in experience, there's kind of always this like flood of beginners. And yeah. it's like, wow, okay. Like what about us? And maybe they don't have anything to lose, right? Like maybe no, they're operating that, in that place where it's like they have nothing to lose and we do. And that's why And I'm not quiet. saying that they shouldn't say anything. Yeah. Like hundred yeah. percent, their voice is valuable, but it's just like this reflection back, like, oh, I would never say anything at one year in or whatever, or that new. Like it's just different. It's that female conditioning to think like, I have to have 10 years experience before I can speak up on this topic. It's that. So it's just like witnessing that and challenging that. And, you know, it's really personal growth about that. But I think it's interesting, Jenny, when you started the conversation with like hiding versus sort of stepping out publicly and how it's hurting your business versus helping your business. And that is really fascinating. And this idea of being controversial, like we watch so many things blow up because people say something so crazy on one side that everyone chimes in and that person gets super well-known gathers an audience very quickly that they can leverage for later things, but it's because they said something so badass, so controversial. And it's like, we avoid that like the plague or have. And so I think business-wise, I think that, like, I want to challenge myself to start saying something that people will be like, hey, now, or like tweet because it's, or like retweet or reshare or, you know, share on LinkedIn, wherever, and just be like, did you hear what she said? (laughs) Sandy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's definitely some things that we're going to say that are going to catch people's attention, or or maybe not, and yeah, maybe not. Like, They'll be like, we can try. I, but that's not the point. I think <laughs> for me, I think the beauty is that like it's about the process and not the result. Is that it's there's something about like again this like embodying yourself for me. It's like the, being true to yourself, embodying yourself. And it really speaks to sort of like my core personality, which is like the 12 to 16-year-old activist, which is like who I am in my true self, which is that like I have something to say and I'm going to damn well say it. Yeah, I think – but I think that's different between – like the business owner developing an audience versus you, Jenny, as a person. And I'm just saying be nice, say fluffy things so that no one is – frustrated or angry with you doesn't help your business. I think if there is something of like, it doesn't have to be controversial, but something like maybe a little bit shocking or a little bit opposite to regular opinion or like, you know, bringing in your experience, like say something. And I watch people's audiences grow very quickly because they're actually not just being nice and normal and kind and positive and sweet. Say the quiet part out loud and watch your audience grow. Yeah, I think that that's right. Okay. All right. Well, we have a lot more to say about that. And I think that that's, you know, I've talked to you about Sandy, how I wish, I hope and wish for just like changing the tagline of our podcast to be saying the quiet part out loud. So if I get my wish, maybe we'll eventually do that because I really think that that's the direction I want to go just with my own thinking, my own thought leadership and my own kind of way of showing up is like, that's where I think 
I can best serve. But I also think that that lends itself to like all business owners. I just, it's like, yes, I'm maybe more extreme in my controversial beliefs about how the world is. Like I have a lot of very strong opinions. Like I'm at heart a critic and that's okay. There's a role for people like me, (laughs) but like, you don't have to be a critic, but like, you know, you have noticings, like, just like Sandy, I know you don't think of yourself as a critic, but you say like, when you go to a meeting, you drive home, you think of all these things that like weren't wrong or like you would do differently or how you could do better. And I think that that is a stuff, like that's where the magic is, is those little thoughts to yourself, like put those out, get feedback, like to our listeners, don't, say the same thing as everyone else. And then the other rule, this just the last thing I'll say is the other rule that we talked about is making sure it's fallible. Like, and we can maybe do a whole episode on that. Yeah. Is like, I that's think like a that's, litmus test. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should do a whole episode on that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do join hustle. I believe you have the joy. I have the joy, which is for those of you watching on any video platform in case that exists, I have really gotten into with my kiddo watching like the people, the picker people on YouTube who go to yard sales and go to auctions and then they resell stuff on eBay. And so I went to the thrift store and I found like the most beautiful china. And it's like this Americana china that was made in England. It's so much nicer than what you can buy at any store now. And it was like $3 for like a setting. And I just, I think that there's something that's so fun talking about like hearkening back to youth. I used to love doing this kind of stuff when I was younger and like, oh gosh, I always was doing crafts, like going to the thrift store and buying teacups and like getting a diamond drill bit and drilling holes in the bottom of the cups to make planters for succulents, like all that stuff. So I'm back in that because I've got like a kiddo who loves this stuff and it's so fun. Like it's just, there's no point. There's no like strategy. There's nothing serious about it. It's just absolutely fun. And to like kind of, it's like that hunting instinct that we have as humans to like hunt for treasure. That's what it feels like. So that's my Amazing. <laughs> and what's your hustle? And the hustle for this week is I started using a new email app. I didn't even tell you this because I thought you would judge me, Sandy. But a new it's what? A new email app. Okay. It's called Missive. And we're doing a lot of like outreach kind of in anyway with one of our companies right now. And I, it just allows me to delegate certain emails, like follow up to other people really easily. And it's got a really nice interface. And since I have now almost 16,000 unopened emails in my business e- inbox, personal <laughs> inbox, I could just choose what to import over. So I have like this clean workspace without having to deal with the fact that I have kind of a shitstorm of email in my Gmail account. <laughs> Don't judge me, Sandy. I'm sharing my fun tool with our listeners. Okay. And that's, that's my tool and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. There's also a delete all button. But, there is, okay. but I'm afraid of that because I'm afraid there's something that's important. Just I am not an inbox. Find it. I'm, I know. I should archive it. I should just yeah. archive it. But I also like wanted this delegation feature, which is the real reason yeah, I yeah. signed up for this. That sounds great. But it's also nice to have like a clean calm space to work in. When right. But that's email. why you do select all, delete all, clean, calm no, space. We're never going to be the same on this right. and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks for sharing. I think everyone will appreciate your views and excited to hear what you've got to say. And that's it. Same for you, Sandy. All right, folks, we'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. 
Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com.